The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome, everybody. For me, there are three phases of Jay Leno, the early stand-up comedian who was so hilarious on his first appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and then as a great guest on David Letterman's show. The next phase was the Leno who got the job as host of The Tonight Show and got into the late-night wars with Letterman. And by the way, I was sort of a Team Letterman guy back then because Dave's show was very much like a morning radio show. And the third phase was when Jay announced that he'd be leaving The Tonight Show in five years. It was by mutual decision between him and the network. And that's when I really came to like Leno those last few years. He only got better while I feel Dave was starting to kind of get burned out. I'll talk about those later years with Jay in a minute and also some of the great guests that he had on his show. And yes, we will talk about his recent unfortunate accidents as I've got Jay Leno on the line right now. Jim, Jay Leno, how you doing? Jay, great. Thank you so much for calling. I do appreciate sure. it. Uh, welcome to the show, Jay. We're all looking forward to your appearance here in Las Vegas at the Encore Theater. Thanks, thanks. Is performing here in Vegas, how different is that than anywhere else? Because you're getting people from all over the world, essentially. It's no different. The only thing is, everything works. Uh-huh. You know, sounds like, you know, so many times you, you go to uh, towns in the Midwest and the showroom is the function room at, let's say, the Holiday Inn, and they got 2,500 folding <laughs> chairs. Uh. And you walk up and say, hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. Can we fix it? <laughs> when I get close to it, you know, if you get close to the speakers, you know, I just, I mean, Vegas, you got sound, you got, everything is perfect. Uh, yeah, it's really good. You know, it's so funny. I, back in, oh, 10, 15 years ago, I was doing Vegas so much, I said to somebody, at the hotel, they kept having me back. I said, "Am I here too often?" You know, if people, I, you know, uh-huh. I change my material, but I don't change it that much. And he, he said to me, "All right, here's the statistics: the chance of you being seen by the same person twice is one in thirteen thousand eight hundred and something." I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, that's how many people come through Vegas." What do you think you're going to get the same on it? People going, "Oh, we just saw it." No, it's you know. Don't worry about it. I said, oh, okay. I was just trying to be conscientious, you know. But just, it just made me laugh, you know. Yeah, well, and uh, you're, you're, you know, you see some of these... Com- I've seen comedians a year after I saw them previously, and they're doing the same material, but I'm probably the only one who noticed. It's I don't think right, it is right. that big of a deal. So how is travel these days for a comedian? Because I know it's a big complaint whenever I talk to a musician or someone like that. Um well, uh, you know, I travel by myself. I, I, I'm not carrying guitars and equipment. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't travel with a road guy or anything like that. Only because nothing funny happens to you if you travel with somebody, because they take care of all the problems, you know? Uh, I never thought I about mean, it. Yeah, I was saying about that the other day, because, I mean, um, your material comes from human experiences. And the more you isolate yourself from other humans, the less funny you'll be. I mean, how many comedians you've watched with, oh, that came, well, he was so funny. And I just saw him since he became famous. And, well, of course, because he's not fighting with the rental car guy. You know, all the, you know, I had a thing happen the other day, and I, 
I, I haven't made it a bit yet. It just made me laugh how you sometimes get caught in the most innocent lie. It's just easier to lie. You know, like uh-huh. I have a, I have a, a heath. And every time I go back there, I go to this Joe's Pizza. Okay. Okay, so last time I'm in town, I, I someone said, hey, you got to try this Nicholas Pizza. Okay. So I go the other side of town. I go to Nicholas Pizza. I'm standing in line. And the guy comes and goes, Jay? Jay? I turn I don't recognize it. I, yeah. He goes, it's me, Joe. You know, Joe's Pizza. <laughs> I go, hey, Joe, how you doing? What good? He goes, um... What, what, what are you doing here? I thought you like that. I go, no, I love your pizza. Your pizza's great. What are you doing here? I said, well, you know, I had a coupon. I said, all right, let me use my coupon. You know, and then he, and then he goes, and then, and then he says to me, I, he's, I see him getting mad, you know, and he goes, hey, we all agreed not to use coupons. This son of a bitch is using coupons. Is that what? I go, well, no. Okay, now I'm in a lie. I, I can't I can't get I can't get out of it. You know, and I just started laughing. I said, Joe, I'm Joe, look, I just trying another I just I made up that lie. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I like you. I just try and you know it just it just made me laugh and I thought, well that wouldn't happen if I sent somebody out to get me a pizza, you know what I mean? To that point, whenever there's been a comedian, I won't name him, but when Andrew Dice Clay would come on our show and he'd have this this large posse with him or other comedians like that it was so intimidating when all these guys would walk into the studio there'd be like 10 guys standing behind you yeah i I don't i don't quite get that i don't and you know it's just so funny uh, my favorite one i was working up in hamilton canada a little town and like a lot of these towns i'm staying at like the holiday inn sure off near the highway so it's just Meow, 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 meow. Just cars going. There's nothing near me, but on the other side of the highway is like uh, a really low end mini mall. It's got a dollar store, a cafeteria, a couple other little shops. So I don't have a car. The show's at night. You know, it's only a few hours. I, you know, I'm gonna go across the street to look in the mini mall. Okay, so I go across the street and they go into the little cafeteria. They get a hamburger or something. You know, and they see this Canadian guy looking at me. You know, he's probably 21. He's fairly young. You know, he goes, "Hey, you, you that Jane Leno fellow?" Uh-huh. Yeah, I go, "Hey, how you doing?" He goes, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you. I never met anybody on TV." And I said, "Oh, nice to meet you. I got a show here in town. You know, want me to leave you a ticket? Oh, that'd be okay." So I said, I'm just going to buy it. Do you want to sit down? Okay. So he sits down. And he's looking at me, you know. And I said, what? Hey, can I ask you a show business question? Is that be too rude? I go, no. That's what I want. So, so he says to me, uh, uh, you know when you watch TV and you see like those Pearl shampoo commercials, you know, where the girls are in the shower and they're washing their hair? I said, yeah. He says, uh, do, they, do they have any clothes on when they do those commercials? So, so I said, no. I said, well, you know my friend. So I said, no, well, my friend, that's what he does. Uh-huh. He has to audition these girls, and legally, they have to take a shower because you can't say you're taking a shower and then have yeah. a bathing suit on, you know. So you, legally, they have to be naked. He goes, "Oh, how many? He had your friend get that job?" I go, "Well, it's very professional, you know." Mm-hmm. But he probably has to watch ten, fifteen girls a day shower to get to where he goes. Oh, really? Oh, and this, he, I can just see this guy's getting all worked up, you know. And I, I said, "Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah." So that's. Uh, he goes, why? Boy, I wouldn't mind having that job with you. I said, well, yeah, somebody has to do it, you know. It, it just, it just made me laugh. I mean, it, it was the most small town view. I mean, this guy idea of porno is watching 
Prell commercial. The Prell commercial, yeah. I can relate. I'm from the I'm from the Midwest, and so I can totally relate to those holiday inns and everything you're talking about. I, <laughs> I know you've talked about this many times. When in November you got burned uh, working on your vintage one of your vintage vehicles, and right. I saw the pictures recently. I guess it was on. Uh, Kelly Clarkson show. It was right, okay. it was a little shocking because it was the first time I had seen that. And then when you came out on stage, you looked as good as new. And I have to ask you, you went to the hospital that the night that it happened, but you insisted on going home to explain to your wife Mavis what had happened. Yes. Yeah. Well, she didn't know what happened, and she wasn't. She's not driving anymore. So I just didn't want her. You know, I w- I went home and I promised them, look, I'll come back in the morning. Meanwhile, my face is all burnt. So I get home, you know, I see my wife. So I go to bed. And next morning, now my now my face is glued to my pillow. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I'm peeling this pillow off my face because it was so raw that when I slept on it, like, I couldn't get my face off the pillow. Yeah, I didn't see it. it was pretty stupid. Uh, yeah. And did they treat you at all before they sent you home, which I'm sure they they did not want to do, of course, but did they give you any sort of treatment before they sent you off, knowing you were coming back? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I remember. I mean, I think they just looked at it and you know, analyzed the situation, might have dabbed it with something, but no, nothing too bad. No. But they did a great job. I mean, I had a brand new face in eight days. You had a brand new ear also, yes? A brand new ear. I mean, for the second time in my career, I'm the new face of comedy. Last <laughs> time was in the 80s. Yeah. When you returned the next day to the hospital, part of your treatment huh. was this hyperbaric chamber. What exactly does that do for patients? Well, you don't really, I guess it speeds up the healing process. I'm not quite sure how it works. With the swelling, it brings that down? Yeah, you're in like a glass coffin, essentially, and the, the air pressure and all this kind of stuff. I'm not quite sure what it does. I, I suppose I should have paid more attention. It was my face, but, you know. Well, you know. I, just, yeah, I, I just do what I told you. Yeah, okay, thanks, you know. Uh, so are you, they did some grafting work. Are you totally out when they're doing those procedures? Well, you know, I got a good deal on that. I got a friend who's a moil, and he had a bag of skin. <laughs> And, you know, I, I got that for like 12 bucks. And, you know, you can't, oh. you know, yeah, it, it worked great. It worked great. <laughs> no, I, you know, most of it was artificial skin, I guess. They didn't graft anything. They didn't take anything from me. No, I saw you, that appearance on Kelly Clarkson. It's interesting because you came out on stage and then a little bit later you brought out the wonderful medical personnel, the nurses who took care of you that was a very nice right. thing to do because they just don't get enough credit do they jay yeah i mean they, they really don't i mean they really don't and uh, and very nice people and when you realize you have you know I, my thing is i try not to be a pain in the ass patient you know uh-huh. but you know you get a lot of those that don't don't catch up you know just people yelling and people and understandably they're irritable because you know something horrible has happened to them so i i i, I try to keep that and just sort of have fun and have a good time. You also gave them all trips for two to the Bahamas. Did any of them know this was going to be happening when you brought them on there? Oh, no. No, they didn't know. They had no idea. So That's that was, great. That was fun. That was fun to do. Yeah, that was fun to do. Not to compare you to your friend Tim Allen, who was always getting into accidents on home improvement, but you did have another accident. What, what I told people was I was driving my motorcycle up around Lake Tahoe, Okay. And I came around the corner and crashed into Jeremy Renner's snowmobile. But no, that's not what happened. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? 
I didn't say anything about it. I tried to keep it on. Because when you do something like this, you get the first accident free. (laughs) Yeah. When you have another accident, now you're Harrison Ford crashing airplanes. That's exactly who I thought of. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be flying those planes anymore, everyone is saying, right? It just just made me laugh because people, no, 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 you idiot, you know, blah, blah. Now, what happened was, here I got my brand new face. So I'm a 72-year-old guy driving an 83-year-old motorcycle. Yeah. What could happen there, you know? So as I'm riding the motorcycle, I notice, ooh, I'm dripping gas on this carburetor. And let me go back to the garage before this thing catches fire. So I said, I'll cut through this parking lot. So I do kind of a U-turn. And the parking lot had a wire stretched across it, but it didn't have any kind of flag or anything, you know? Yeah. And the sun was in my eyes. And I said, well, what's that bang? And it hit me in the neck and... I mean, if I had been going 30 or 40, I probably would have been decapitated. But uh-huh. it just it just threw me around. But the thing was, it tore my new face. You know, So I got off the bike and I called my doctor. I go, uh, listen, you know that face you gave me? Uh, can you fix it again? He goes, what happened? He got, it's not healed from the day. I said, well, yeah, I got a big gash across my face again. All right, so I went in. And they fixed it again. It just, it just made me laugh. But you also broke... A lot of stuff, a lot of bones, well, right? right? Well, I still, I still got a broken collarbone. I got two broken ribs. I got two cracked kneecaps. It does sound well, like a, okay. a mob hit, doesn't it? It does sound like a mob hit. Yeah, it sounds like you know, pay your debt. So, you know, but but I'm, I'm okay. Actually, okay. I mean, I hobbled out on And i tell you something. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's a great way to diet, you know? <laughs> I, said, I just lost 20 pounds like nothing. I said, gee, this is... It's like my crash and burn diet. First you burn off the fat, and then you crash your motorcycle, and you go on. <laughs> so it was actually okay. It was, okay. you know, some. It, it's all still better than a broken leg because I'm not hobbling around. Did you have a gig that night when you got into the motorcycle accident? I did. I lost. I I, I only had to cancel two shows. Okay. The next weekend, I got to work. I was back working again. I mean, I was kind of little. I wasn't doing my signature handstand or backflip but uh yes you know. of course i have to say i mentioned tim allen i loved your guest starring roles on tim's last man standing that had to be so much oh, fun for a lot you guys. Of fun. yeah yeah i love it's great yeah 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 he's terrific he's terrific there were quite a few episodes was it always a plan for you to be on on more than one no no i just did a guest and they asked me back to this day i still have no idea what it paid you know you know, I just said, I said, whatever it is, you know, it's fine. I, you know, show business is not hard. People make it difficult. I mean, I just take a job. If it was a, oh, okay, fine, whatever it pays, it's fine. And you know, be, you know, the worst comedian still makes more than the best teacher. As unfair as that sounds, yeah. You know, but but it's true. So to me, it's just, uh, you know, I I never take a job for the money. I take it because it's it's fun or I like it. And then if I had to make some money on it, well, that's pretty good, you know. Have you still never cashed, is it Tonight Show checks, or? I, I know, I, you know, when I was a kid, I always had two jobs. I worked at McDonald's, and I worked at a place called Wilmington Ford. And I would save my McDonald's money, and I'd spend my Wilmington Ford money. And then it got to be uh, Wilmington Ford, and then being a comedian. So I said, okay, I'll save my women's afford money and spend the comedian money. And when the comedian money got bigger than the other jobs, I just went to that. And then when I got the Tonight Show and stuff, I would live on the money I made as a comedian on the road and bank the TV or books or whatever that money is. And so I always had two, I always had two incomes. So there's always something coming in all the time. And that worked for me. You know, I don't live in a... 
Well, I guess if you count cars and motorcycles, it's extravagant. But I mean, I'm not a vacation guy. I don't gamble. I'm still on the first wife. Jeez, you know. So that's uh, oh, that yeah. says a lot. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty frugal. Yeah. <laughs> when you announced that there would be, I think, five years left of your hosting the Tonight Show, it was. Yeah, re- yeah. It was really interesting because I thought right at that moment, uh, up until the last show, it almost seemed to free you up in a way, and it was like a gift from my standpoint, and those shows were some of the best that you ever did. That's my opinion. Well, you know, I, I always sign what they call pay-and-play contracts. For some reason, people seem fascinated with pay or play in the sense that I have so many friends that, you know, I went out for that pilot and I signed a contract. I didn't get the job, but they have to pay me for the next year, you know. And they're all so proud of those. I go, you know what that means? They hate you. They will never use you again because somebody accounting goes, we paid how much is this guy? We never used him. And they'll never use you again. So I always made sure my contract, if you're going to pay me, uh, you have to play me. If you're going to, I have to be on TV, you know. And so that's that's how I got the, the last five years out of it because they couldn't, they couldn't send me home early and then pay me, give me cash for four years for doing nothing, you know. It's like farmers getting paid money not to grow something. Well, pretty soon, you're not a farmer now, you know. Hello. I like that. Uh, you had so many great guests on the show. I think one of the most memorable for you probably had to be Paul Newman. Paul Newman was great, yeah. You know, a funny thing about Paul Newman, I mean, he's a terrific actor. He might even be a better race car driver. But that's not a, 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 anything on his acting ability. But, um, you know, he has a fascinating story. He, you know, I remember talking with him, and he said when he was like 23 and a half, uh, his father was fed up with him. He wanted to be an actor. He wasn't going anywhere. He'd get a job. You know, what are you wasting your time on this stupid acting? Blah, blah, blah. But then his father died, and the next year he was the biggest movie star in the world, you know. <sighs> I remember, I remember discussing that with him, you know, because that was always, you know, the, half the joy of this for me is is seeing my parents get a kick out of it and not having any idea how this all happened. And, you know, I bought my dad a Cadillac and a Lincoln, you know, and it's just, just stupid stuff like that, you know. And and that was always so That's much great. fun. I always felt so sorry for Paul, you know. But anyway, so he comes to the time show and I figured, well, you know, he's a car racer. We should race. Now at that time, NBC right. was moving was moving out of the Burbank studios, so we had probably oh an easy half a mile of hallway that was unused, just you know a hall that you got like thirty sound stages and it just goes straight down and makes a U turn and then you make a U turn and come back on the other side. You know, I said let's get some electric go karts. So I'm out there practicing all day. You know. So so Newman shows up. He's eighty now. Uh-huh. I go, Paul. Well, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's do a race. You up for it? You, you, you scared? No, let's do it. You know. Okay. So we go now. Oh, he gets ahead of me, and I figure, all right, I'm just going to do what he does. And he's just blowing my door. So I mean, I was laughing so hard. I figured I would just do what he did. No, no, I can't do what he did. I mean, he was steely eyed. He was. He had such a. a, a a good eye for the corner and how fast he could take it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm banging in the doors and hitting. Oh yeah. It was really funny. 
great. That's fantastic. I mean, I remember also seeing Prince in a performance he did of that song, The Everlasting Now. Just... You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened with Prince on that. Yeah, yeah. Prince was, Prince was coming to the show, and he had a pretty good sense of humor, you know? So I went down to makeup, and I had myself made up as a security guard, and I had a bald wig and a mustache and a goat. I didn't look anything like me. So I'm in the security thing. I'm in the, you know, by the guard gate, and Prince drives in. He drove himself. He goes, Prince, the Taisha. And I went, Prince. What was your last name, sir? He goes, I'm, I'm Prince. Prince what? Prince Hamid? Prince, Prince what, sir? He goes, no, just Prince. I can see him starting to get annoyed. And I said, and, and what is it you do? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm Prince. I'm on the train show. Hang on, let me call. So I pick up. I guess nobody's answering there at lunch. Can you wait a while? He goes, uh, look, I'm, uh, I'm on the, you know, I, I, I just see him getting flustered. He's just getting furious, you know. And, and then he looked at me and goes, hey, you think this is funny? And I go, yeah. And I, and I kind of pulled the mask off. Oh, and he lost. He thought that was the funniest thing. It was, it was, but he was just—he was trying to be polite, you know. I go, and your prince, what prince? Jamil, prince? No, just prince. Your your name is prince. All right, hang on. We got a guy here named Pr- Prince. It's not Prince. It's Prince, you know. And I would say, oh, oh. and you just watching him try to keep it together from not wanting to punch me in the face. I mean, it was hilarious. Oh my really god, fun. he was a very nice guy. I liked him very much. Has stand up just uh, with all the things you've done? Has stand up just always been your favorite thing to do? Yes, that pays the rent. That does everything. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. That's the whole thing. Comedians like yourself describe it as kind of you get addicted to that crowd reaction. Did you feel that right from the beginning? Well, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, when you when you do a show like Tonight Show, you need 175 people to do the show. You need cue cards. You need drivers. You need producers. You need lighting people. You need directors. But stand up, you're just by yourself, you know. Uh, and the whole thing rises or falls based on you. And uh, I like that sort of feeling, you know, sometimes, uh, oh, it's not your fault, but the power went out or, or the camera broke or, 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 or something, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I like the simplicity of it. You know, there's no props. There's no, you know, when you're a comedian, when you go to a town, if the gig's at 8 o'clock and you land at 7.15 and it's a half hour drive and you get to the theater and you go, ah, I got to kill 15 minutes. If you're a musician, oh, you've been there the night before or early morning and you're working with the local pickup musicians that are in the band. And, oh, you just, it's so much work. Yeah. With comedy, you write joke, tell joke, get check. Very simple. You recently mentioned that when you were starting out in comedy, I mean, you're basically not making much of anything. You would stay in open houses in L.A. overnight? Yeah, that was... Yeah, don't forget this is this was the seventies. So yeah, nobody had a nobody had alarms, right? Or so cameras? If, if it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there was an open house from like noon to four, especially I go to nice neighborhoods like Beverly Hills, you know, and I get there about three fifteen. I'd walk around and then I open the front door. Go, thank you, thanks. I hope, and you hear the guy say, "Thanks for coming." I'd shut the door. And then I'd go sit in the closet, you know. And then about a half hour later, the guy would lock up with the key, and I'd be inside. And I said, oh, and I'd live like that for two, three days. I mean, it was great. And I didn't steal wow. anything. I didn't break anything. I always made the bed. I only got caught one time. I was, I was lying in bed sleeping, and the realtor comes through. Now, here is the master bedroom, and this woman starts screaming, I think there's a man in that bed. What are you doing here? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Can I get dressed? Can you folks step out on it, please? 
you know, it, yeah, it, it was very funny. You're returning to Vegas at the end of the month. Um, you ever have any time to check out some of the vintage garages around here? I'm sure you have. In Vegas, you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, not really. Not really. I mean, I've, I do the car show. I, I hosted yeah. the car show at the Mirage last year, and I think I'm doing it again this year. Uh, those are the cars usually show up. I mean, I was friends with Richie Klein, a bunch of those guys. So I know most of the cars that are that are uh, that are in Vegas that that, that were at the museum and whatnot. But it's a fun gig, you know. That win is quite a hotel. I mean, it's amazing that it's. I think it's the world's biggest five star hotel. I yeah, mean, it's a pretty incredible place. Yeah. Um, and Jay, of yeah. course, you're returning to the Encore March 31st. It's always so much fun talking to you, Jay. I I just hope that you stay well. Be careful, my friend. Thanks, I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love the stories about Paul Newman and especially Prince. I had never heard that story where he pranked Prince. He truly does love doing stand-up, and it's almost hard to believe in this day and age that he travels alone. Well, that finishes this very special episode of the Fake Show podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.